I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal without Alex Blumenstein today. And this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, October 24th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Welcome back, Brett. Thank you, Jay. It's great to be back. I was in Japan for the past two weeks, and I've returned, and it's nice to be home. What's even nicer, though, is the NBA season starts today, Jay. And so the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, they're tied for the best odds to win it all this year after both squads made major off-season additions. Now, as for the Toronto Raptors, my favorite team, well, I'll be happy if they make the playoffs. I'll be happy if they make the play-in. So anyways, Jay, this must make you happy as a Boston Celtics fan. It does. I want you to read that previous line again. No, it is exciting. I mean, the Celtics are good, but they've been good for a couple of years. I think they've underachieved, frankly. And maybe this is the year they achieve. Yeah, maybe. You know, I think it's really tough. The East got really tough when Damian Lillard went to the Milwaukee Bucks, the kind of perennial contenders over the past five, ten years. So, I, yeah, I think it's tough for Boston. But, you know, Jason Tatum's getting older and better, and so who knows? It's a long season. Indeed it is, Jane. 82 games ahead of us. Brett, aside from that, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, rich countries feel the migration surge. For our second story, St. Lawrence Seaway workers join the strike wave. And for our third story, can we see a billionaire tax? For our first story, make some room. International migration to advanced economies reached an all-time high last year, with estimates suggesting a further influx this year. This, according to OECD statistics. Per the Financial Times, the OECD added 6.1 million new permanent migrants across its 38 member nations last year. That's a 26% jump from the year before. It's a big jump, and the reason for this is twofold. A labor shortage-fueled demand for workers in rich countries and worsening humanitarian and environmental disasters in developing ones. The migrant employment rate also reached its highest on record, with more than 70% in work and fewer than 8% unemployed, though mothers are notably lacking support. In Canada, immigration records have been routinely shattered over the past year, and now the number of asylum seekers is rising. This is partly due to changes affecting the Visitor Visa Program, which no longer requires proof of sufficient funds to stay in Canada. This week, the Canadian Border Services Agency said it processed over 26,000 asylum claims at airports in September. That's a 54% increase from last year. It's a big jump, and it matters because as more people arrive in Canada, the system meant to manage it all faces the risk of falling apart. Per the most recent numbers, there is a backlog of 2.2 million permanent resident, visitor visa, and work-study permanent applications awaiting processing. With a system that's overtaxed, it's no wonder a recent Auditor General report told the feds that they need to shape up their management of immigration programs. Whether rich nations are able to relieve backlogs and properly manage asylum seekers is a big question. It's an even bigger question that once migrants actually get in, if there'll be enough affordable housing and suitable jobs to support them. For a second story, shipping traffic at a key Canadian transportation artery has ground to a halt. No, this isn't a 400-meter-long container ship blocking the seaway. If you remember what was going on in the Suez Canal, it's actually just 361 workers walking off the job. Here's what's driving the news. Unionized workers at the St. Lawrence Seaway, a 3,700-kilometer route that connects the Great Lakes and the Atlantic Ocean, have been on strike as of Sunday, forcing 15 locks along the waterway to close operations. This all according to the Globe and Mail. And it matters because the Seaway is crucial for the Great Lakes region, a grouping of provinces and states that collectively accounts for nearly a third of U.S. and Canadian economic activity and employment. Millions of tons of key resources are also transported through it each year. And here's the big picture. 
as workers fight for higher wages in the face of high inflation, strikes in Canada and the U.S. have hit shipping ports, grocery chains, automobile plants, and movie studios. In Canada, the first eight months of 2023 saw 2.1 million working days lost to strikes, about double the time lost to strikes pre-pandemic. And here's the bottom line. With business groups already calling on Ottawa to step in and the financial hit that Canada exports took from the 13-day BC port strike still fresh in our memories, the feds might not be on the sidelines for long. And for our final story today, for the three things are certain in life, Brett, death, taxes, and billionaires not paying said taxes. Now, calls are on the rise to get them to pay their fair share. That's right, Chase. So driving the news, the EU tax observatory wants the world to come together and impose a minimum 2% wealth tax on billionaires, which it believes could raise $250 billion annually. There are currently about 2,700 billionaires globally, possessing a combined net worth of about $13 trillion, a sum that our tiny podcast brains can't really even comprehend. And it matters because billionaires pay far fewer taxes than most folks, between 0 and 0.6% of their total wealth on average per the observatory, thanks to a mastery of tax loopholes. The preferred tactic is moving money through shell companies that exist solely to house personal wealth. The observatory says this tactic undermines tax systems and exists on the border of legality, which it sounds like it could be the title of the next Liam Neeson movie. It could be. Now to zoom out. Zoom The fight against tax dodging has picked up steam as governments need more money for stuff like the green transition, disaster preparedness, and innovation investments. New rules could make the Caribbean tax haven, the oldest tax trick in the book, a thing of the past. While Joe Biden proposed a 25% tax on the U.S.'s richest 0.01% this year. Here's the bottom line. Any billionaire tax would face pushback from the three comma club, a.k.a. Tres Comas and would take impressive global coordination at a time of heightened geopolitical tension. But there is a recent precedent for its potential success. In 2021, 136 countries agreed to set a 15% floor on the corporate taxation rate for multinationals, which will take effect next year. We've talked about it on the podcast. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice? And if you're feeling this way, please leave a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great Tuesday, Peak Pals.